23. Matthew chapter 23. In the last few weeks, we've been considering the subject of Matthew 23 of a group called the Pharisees. And Jesus is warning us about them. And he had done it several times to his disciples. And we are believers and disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to take heed against what he's telling us to take heed against. And he tells us to beware of them and beware of their ways. With the idea of we don't want to become like Pharisees, we want to become like the Lord. And so that's the, the, really the big goal in studying chapter 23 is you don't want to just say, I don't, it's not just that you say, um, he shows us a lot of don't be like this, it's a lot of don't be like this. But in contrast to that, in this chapter, we'll recall what Jesus does want us to be like, and a lot of that is said in the Sermon on the Mount. But so notice here today, we'll call our time uh, Pharisaism versus the Lord's Way, part two. All right, Pharisaism versus the Lord's Way, part two. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read a lengthy part of this chapter. We'll read verses 1 through uh, 33. And my goal is to give you the gist of verses 13 to 33. Not that we'll unpack every little phrase, but we'll walk through and give you the gist of it. There's a lot of woes. There's eight woes in here. And this woe, you know, people have different definition of woe. Uh, this woe is a, uh, it's basically a very, very strong indictment, a very, very strong denunciation is when, you, is when you read this woe. That's what's happening. Let's notice the Lord Jesus Christ here, what He says, verses 1 to 33 of Matthew 23. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to His disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be ye not called, be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. <clears throat> and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore shall ye receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye can pass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. 
But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon the altar, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it and by all things thereon. And whoso shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ye ought to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides would strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets, and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore be ye witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? Does this sound like Jesus? This is what some people wouldn't think sounded like Jesus, but this is the Lord Jesus Christ here. Uh, towards the end of his earthly ministry. This is the week of his crucifixion. And he had been teaching and preaching to all types of people, to religious, non-religious, seemingly righteous, seemingly not righteous, uh, rich, poor, um, those, of, of, those who are of, re, of repute, those who are unknown. He preached and taught to everybody in Israel. And one group that he had the biggest problems with were the Pharisees, the scribes and the Pharisees, who were the most outwardly religious, who were the ones who had probably the most time of their, of their mind in the Scripture, who seemed like they looked the nicest, but they were the worst. And Jesus lets them have it. They had a chance to repent. They had a chance to believe on Him, and they didn't. Very religious people, but lost. So... Jesus shows us the way of the Pharisee. We see the way of Pharisaism contrasted with what he's already taught his way. You ever go into, uh, um, maybe you're out hiking, uh, you go down hiking trails. We, we were doing, um, we like to hike, you know, our family. We were in Colorado this last summer. Was it September, August? Can't remember. But uh, it was nice going out and we found a waterfall. Somewhere out there, I can't remember where we're at, what forest it was, but I found a hike to a waterfall. You know, you see the trail that you're hiking, and then you, as you kind of go off, you start seeing other little trails. Like, what is this? Is this really a, 
oh, that's not a trail, that's not man's trail, that's a trail for the, you know, the deer. The deer are coming down the mountain and crossing my trail and going into the drink something of the creek, you know. You got a little trail. Any of your animals have trails in the backyard? I'm not like saying they leave a trail. I mean, they make a trail. I know they leave a trail probably. <laughs> Anybody ever have like, all right, come on. Is there a trail like if, along the grass? Okay. Yeah, a little grass. Oh, that's where Fido goes or my cat or whatever. You know, the cat probably goes wherever it wants, right? Um, you know, you see these different little trails they make. Or It's bad if they're making a trail in the carpet. You know, that means they need to get outside here, you know. Uh, but anyways, you know, you see different trails. There's your trail, there's your path, and then there's the animal's path, you know, different types. You can kind of tell the difference usually. Well, that's the same thing with the Lord. There's two types of ways. Uh, there's one way of the Lord and there's a way of Pharisees, and they look different. And they're heading a different way. The way of the Lord, that is the way to live the Christian life, has a certain picture to it. It looks like Jesus, basically. And it looks like his teaching that we can see much of in Matthew. And then there's the way of the Pharisees. At first, it might seem important. It might seem nice. It might seem the right way. But it's a way to hell, ultimately, by way of their, what they're trusting for salvation. It's a way to hell. And if Christians act that way, it's a way that's opposite of how Jesus is. The way of the Pharisees versus the way of the Lord. Pharisaism versus the Lord's way. Notice, again, remember, what's, remember the Beatitudes? Some of you remember the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. We call them the Beatitudes. There's nine blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are peacemakers. There's nine of those blesseds. Here there's eight woes. Woe. There's three ways people use woe. There's woe like... Um, there's a, probably more than three. Some people say, whoa, like slow down, slow down, whoa. Other people say, whoa, because they, oh, woe is me, kind of feel sorry for myself. And then there's this whoa thing that people do, their little dance ditty they do, they do the whoa thing. I don't know if anybody keeps up on that. I have that told to me by people. Um, <laughs> do the whoa, Dad. I'm not doing the whoa. There's a whoa right here that's bad. <laughs> this is a very, 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 very serious word right here, whoa. I even, even the way I say it, it's not as deep as how Jesus says it. Remember, even in the book of Revelation, the angel says, whoa, whoa, whoa. And if you remember, I mean, catastrophic things it represented, catastrophic things. So when Jesus himself said, whoa, to a group of people, this is God, the God-man, the perfect person who never said, too much, never said too little, never said anything wrong. He said exactly what people needed to say. And when he says woe to this group of people, it's devastating. He's denunciating them because they were in leadership. But in particular, they sat in Moses' seat, this class of people, scribes, Pharisees. They sat in Moses' seat. They had positions of influence. They were aware of Moses, even though they weren't actually already following Moses. And yet what they were doing is they're abusing their leadership position. Um, in this case, this is, a, this is a lesson even for the, uh, us in leadership, that when we're in a position of leadership, we need to be like what Jesus said in verse 11 in this context, that he that's great among you shall be your servant. Don't make people, uh, you know, where you're, where you make the people you're leading to be your servants from the standpoint of just pad my life. But I needed to be a servant to those who I'm, who I'm over 
And that's Jesus' emphasis. But the Pharisees were abusing their leadership position. They're setting bad examples for people. And their style of religiosity can actually creep into Christianity. Their style. So we looked at some of it. They Basically, one of their things about them is that they say, but they don't do. They tell people things to do, but they don't do it themselves. Um, and then they give heavy burdens on people, but they won't carry those heavy burdens. They do things. Another characteristic of them, we preach this, is that all their works, this is Jesus. He didn't say some of their works. He said all their works they do to be seen of men. If nobody's watching, they're not, living, they're, they're not, they're not uh, doing anything good, really. They want to be seen. They need a crowd. All their works they do to be seen of men. We've got to watch out for things. It's okay. It's okay to just do something and enjoy something and not have to have it pictured and posted all over the place. It's okay. It's okay to enjoy something, just you and your family, and not have to advertise everything you're doing all the time. It's okay. You know? Um, and so the, the Pharisees wanted, they wanted, to, they, they wanted to be seen of men so that they would be thought of as extra spiritual to be called of men, rabbi, rabbi. But then we get into these series of woes. I just mentioned to you about woe. Verse 13, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. We're going to walk through some of this. The woes of the Pharisees and stern denunciations. Why so many woes here? Notice, first of all, they hindered people's way to heaven. They hindered the way to heaven. Look at this. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither ye suffer, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Jesus is saying, here's one bad thing about the Pharisees. It's like, let's just say that's the way to heaven. And it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, I'm the door. He says, I'm the way. And if you follow the, the habit of the Pharisees, they basically, they saw Jesus, go, they saw people going towards Jesus, who is the door to heaven, who is the way to heaven. And you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to block people from coming to Jesus Christ. They wanted to block that. No, no, don't go to him. Follow them. They were very jealous, I should say envious, of popularity. They saw Jesus getting attention and popularity, and they wanted to stop it and bring the attention back on them. They don't want people running to Jesus. They don't want Jesus to increase and them to decrease. They want to increase and let him decrease. And so they were blocking the way to heaven. Jesus says, woe to you. you, you are, you're shutting up the kingdom of heaven against men. You're not even going in yourself, and you're not letting people go there. You could read about it in John 7, verse 48, and they would threaten people in John chapter 9, verse 22, where people would, um, if anybody confessed Christ, they were kicked out of the synagogue. You, you're talking about Jesus? You believe in Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Kick them out of the synagogue. They're not allowed in here. They... they they were trying, and, and so that discouraged other people from running to the Messiah. These are people in leadership position who should have been saying, hey, people, they already had some leverage on the people. There's the Messiah. Go to him. And they would, have, they would have followed the Pharisees and the scribes if the Pharisees and the scribes told people to run to Jesus and Jesus only for salvation. But they stopped it. Um, they shunned God's righteousness. They wanted, they, had, they wanted to establish their own righteousness. What were the Pharisees and scribes interested in then? If they were saying, we're shutting up the kingdom of heaven against men, we're stopping people from coming to Jesus, then what was their mentality then about, the heaven, about heaven? If they're saying, no, he's not the way to heaven, then what's their, their mentality is our way is the way to heaven. 
our law, keeping the law of Moses and keeping our traditions. You know, it's like what Paul said in Romans 10. There's a, and this, is, this mentality is in every false religion, basically, is that Paul said, I'm burdened for the Jews, my kinsmen according to the flesh, because they have, they, have, they have been ignorant of God's willingly, really, ignorant of God's righteousness, and they've gone about to establish their own righteousness. The righteousness that's basically according to keep, let's keep the law. No, 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 believing on Jesus only, no, no. Here's what you need to do. And Paul says they've gone about to establish their own righteousness. So what the scribes and the Pharisees were saying to people is, don't just run to him. It's our way. This is the way to heaven. We are Abraham's seed. And we have the law of Moses and keep that and follow the law. And and they they were hindering the way to heaven by putting a roadblock in front of faith in Jesus Christ. Now I want you to pause on this thought here. What did Jesus say? He didn't say, oh, that's bad, guys. He said, whoa, don't stop people from believing on me. Whoa. Do you know Paul said something similar? In Galatians 1, Paul, the whole book of Galatians is basically Paul saying, do not add works to the gospel. Do not add the law to free grace. Do not add a hurdle between a person and Christ that they have to jump over called religion, called baptism, called the law, called circumcision. Don't add one hurdle between a person and Jesus Christ. If righteousness comes by the law, then your faith is vain. Christ is of no effect to you, he said. Paul says don't add any works to the gospel. Otherwise, it's a different, it's another gospel. And so they're doing that. They're saying, no, it's not Jesus only. You need to come to us. And... Um, they were hindering true faith. And so we must also not remember that the, that the way for a person to be saved is they have to recognize why they're going to Jesus. They're going to Jesus not to put, for Him to put a Band-Aid on the feelings of their life right now, but for a person to come to Jesus and have the way to heaven, the door to the kingdom of heaven. The reason they go is because they're, they're, they're sinful and they need to be forgiven. And a person, if a person comes to Jesus Christ that is in faith, you know, it's not literally like they have to visit a church, but they come in a faith, a prayer of faith, an understanding of the gospel. They come to him, Jesus, I understand that you died for me. You did something for me I couldn't do for myself. And you, you're buried and rose from the dead. And I'm a sinner. Please be my savior. And I trust in you. I put all my faith in you. It, that simple act of faith saves a person. It's enough. Their door's unlocked and they're, 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 they're on their way to heaven. That's it. But the Pharisees didn't like that. No, no, no. We don't want that. And so we don't want to hinder. Let's just pause a second. I don't, you and I, let's say, do I ever hinder somebody being saved? I don't want to hinder somebody who maybe wants to even come to church to hear the gospel. Not that coming to church makes you saved, but I don't want to hinder somebody who wants to hear the gospel. I want to make sure that door is open for somebody to hear the gospel. Coming to my church or um, me being a witness, I, I don't want to shut up the kingdom of heaven against them. If somebody's asking me a, a religious question, whoa, take time to talk to them. Show them what, what the door to heaven is. It's Jesus only. <laughs> you know, I don't want to hinder um, the way to heaven for somebody whom God might be stirring. Nor should I add anything to the gospel. So that's the Pharisees' way. They hindered people's way to heaven. And they were religious but lost, too. It's possible to do. They'll be Baptists in hell. The professing Baptists. The only ones that go to heaven is saved people. 
And there'll be Presbyterians in hell and preachers in hell and all kinds of different types of people in hell, according to even what Jesus Christ said uh, in Matthew 7 about, you know, many said, I've done all these things in your name. And the Lord says, yeah, but I didn't really know you. Never established a personal relationship with him. And so the way the Pharisees hindered people from simple faith in Christ. We want to help people have simple faith in Christ. Number two, the way of the Pharisees is that they sap the wealth of the vulnerable. Some of this as we go through it might not seem as maybe we can connect with it, but we're going to at least mention it as we go through these. There's about seven of them. Look what he says there, verse 14. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. This is the next thing here. For you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore shall you receive the greater damnation. That's interesting. He said, woe to you guys. You are going, these, again, these are men in positions of leadership, and they just tried to get cozy with whatever some of the widows who had a limited number of wealth, and the widows trusted them in leadership. And somehow, I don't know how, somehow they are sapping their assets, sapping the assets, draining the assets of a widow. Now, nowadays in America, most widows are, are, are probably okay for the most part. You know, we're decently taken care of. There's, I know there's always exceptions. But in this day, whenever you said widow, it seemed, it just, you got the idea that, man, they just don't have much. And those Pharisees would take what, what, what they had left and find a way to drain it. Like, you know, I don't know what they did. There was some scheme that they were doing where they were draining the assets of some of these dear widows who trusted them. And you know what they try to compensate for it by? Make a long prayer. Long prayers. And uh, so the, the, the way of the Pharisees is to sap the wealth of the vulnerable. You know, the Lord's way is that we need to be careful with the vulnerable. We need to be selfless when we're dealing with weak and vulnerable people. And, and um, by the way, those of us that are older, that we have parents or grandparents that are getting older, we should try to kind of help be extra eyes on, on, and ears on some of their assets. I have a, one, of my, one of my neighbors' widow. And uh, we've tried to help her a little bit. And she's dressed and how you're, you're, you're in large borders of your garments. And the, you made, oh, good, 10 little seeds of that, whatever plant that is. And you got one seed tied. And you're very meticulous on that. And you've left these other things undone. So we can get like that as Christians. It's like where we'll make a big deal of something that's really minor. And we'll make a minor deal of something that God says is big. We've got to be careful about that. Um, Jesus said that they're disproportionate. He used a humorous, look at verse 24. He used a humorous picture here. You blind guides would strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Now, I've eaten gnats before. Anybody ever eaten gnats? Not on purpose. Not on purpose. All right, see? Motorcycle, right? Motorcycle guys? This motorcycle guys? Yeah. That's what I did, man. I was like, you know, get them in. Actually, I'd rather swallow them than get them high, you know, because there's nothing much to them. But I've eaten gnats, not on purpose, and um, not eating a camel. Don't plan to eat a camel unless I'm really absolutely starving and on my last, you know, leg. Then I'll, maybe I'll try a little bite of a camel, but I don't want to eat a camel. Um, so Jesus is saying, look, you guys, apparently the Jews, would, they would strain their, you know, they pour their, their wine, their unfermented wine into something, and they would strain it. They would strain it with fabric. And sometimes even when it was in a, a pitcher, they would, before they pour it into their cup, they would strain it again with a piece of cloth, and they'd strain their, their juice. And when they strained it, of course, catch some gnats or whatever else jumped in there. They've got to strain that gnat out. 
they drink it. And meanwhile, there was this gigantic camel in their life. They're fornicators, they're adulterers, they're thefts. They're, 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 they, 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 just, they just lied to somebody. They just stole from that widow. It's a big camel issue. But you know what? They weren't going to eat something unclean like a gnat. That's unclean. Oh, I can't have... Somebody walked up to the Pharisee, well, how can you strain that? I said, well, I can't have unclean. I'm a good Jew, don't you realize? Yeah, but how come you're cheating on your wife? Swallow that camel. Can't have a gnat, though, huh? You know? And so that's how they were. They were disproportionate. And so we, we got to, let, let's, let's all stop a minute and say, am I out of balance? Something out of balance in my life? What do I emphasize? What do I make a big deal of? Is what I'm making a big deal of the same of what Jesus makes a big deal of? What am I not making a big deal of? And the way of the Lord is to major on the major and minor on the minor. And then notice a couple more things here. They emphasize the outside to the neglect of the inside. That's number six. They emphasize the outside to the neglect of the inside. That's verses 25 to 28. This could be very easy to do. In fact, we're geared to do this right now in the United States, whether you're, even if you're not a Christian. Look at verse 25. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. What Jesus said is he's kind of like talking about what's in their cupboards. He says you, and I think he's picturing their cupboards, their dishware is pictured as how they are. He says, you know, your cups and stuff, they all look clean and everything, but if I were to take one of them, it's dirty on the inside. And your platter, it's dirty when you really check it out. It's dirty. It looks clean from the, the shelf. It looks clean from the outside. Well, when I take a peek in, it's filthy. And Jesus says, woe to you. you you're like that. You, you appear outwardly righteous to men, but within you're full of extortion and excess and all iniquity and hypocrisy. Man, he is letting them have it, huh? So let's think about ourselves. I, look, I want to look nice. I, I, if I, who, who wants to look really bad? If I want to look really bad, you know, maybe on a day to scare somebody. Nobody wants to look bad. Nobody wants to look dirty. I, I take that back. There's some two-year-old boys that want to look dirty, right? Some two-year-old boys that they want to look dirty. Yeah, got mud on my face. All right. Most of us, we want to look clean. I want to look clean. I think it's all clean. I might have a few stains here and there. We all want to look clean. We want to, on the, we want to seem clean on the surface, seem trustworthy, right? We want to seem that. That's okay to want to have that good first impression, right? Who wants to be, walk around and be a bad first impression? You stink. You smell. You didn't brush your teeth. Your clothes are disheveled. You're dirty. You're, not too many of us want to be like that. We want to be like, I want to at least have a good first impression. I mean, I might be battling stuff inside, and I probably barely got the you know, things cleaned at home. And, but I want, most of us want to have a good impression, right? It's okay. But what's most important? What's happening inside your heart? What's happening inside your mind? That's what's most important. Jesus said the Pharisees, they're, they're used to a stage life. Got the stage all set. Behind the stage, it's a mess. It's disgusting. And so it can easily be like that. Watch. I remember, have we, okay, 
How many of us remember, I don't know if they still have this, the fake grapes at the grocery store? Did anybody, fake grapes, am I the only one? Siler, was there fake grapes at Fry's? You see them? Man, anybody else? It's just us three, okay. Called her. I remember going shopping with my mom. I'm like, okay, cool, we're doing shopping. And I'm like, oh, the deli said, why they got grapes here? Oh, look at those. Mom's like, no, those aren't real. They're not real. I'm like, I want to have a grape. No, they're not real. I'm like, well, what's the use? <laughs> you know, I wanted to grab one of those fake, I wanted to grab one of those grapes and eat it, but she's like, it's not real. It's fake food, you know. And so, so we have fake food. We have fake, I mean, these are fake plants. They're nice. You know they're fake. I tell you, fake, fake, looks, it looks good, you know. Um, we have fake grass. We have fake trees. We have fake teeth. We have fake food. You're like, Pastor, come on now. I, like, I know, I'll be getting there one day too. I'll need some. So, you know, we have a lot of fake stuff. Even when you have something on the, you know, um, you can do the video. You know, what do we do this, uh, the, the Zoom video, and then you can do some little trick and make it look like you're in the Bahamas or something? Isn't that right? Can you do that? You know? You're like, you're not in the Bahamas. See, here's what I realized. There's a mentality right now as Americans, and we've gotten accustomed. It doesn't matter how it is. It's how people think it is. It doesn't matter if there's really green grass out in your yard. And I'm not, by the way, again, I don't care if you don't have, if you have fake, I don't care if you have fake grass. I don't care. But it's the mentality. It doesn't matter. I was driving somewhere in North Mesa the other day. I was driving up. I'm like, man, that's a nice house. Look at that grass. And their backyard was sloped like this much. I'm like, wow, that's pretty tough to have green grass on a hard slope like that. And I was like, ah, oh, it's fake. And, and so what I'm realizing is like we're, we're in the mentality of it doesn't matter if something's real as long as people think it's real. And we're satisfied right there. And that carries over to the way we live. It doesn't matter if I'm really honest. As long as people think I'm honest, I'm satisfied with that. I'm going to get by like that. No! Jesus said, make the inside clean Make the inside of you real, and then take care of the outside impression. He didn't say it's an either-or thing. Did you know that? Some people say, doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter any of that, as long as you're sincere, as long as you're an honest person. Well, that's the first priority, but that's not the only thing. There's two steps. Step one, be right on the inside. Have a right heart, have right motives, have right thought patterns. That's what I need to have. That's what you need to have. You need to constantly work the inner man and let the outer man be a nice billboard for what's true inside. Let the outer man be a nice gauge for what's true inside. And that's what Jesus is saying the Pharisees didn't. They said, you're like unto, look at verse 27, why did sepulchers, which indeed appear out, beautiful outward, but within are full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. So they would, at some frequency, these sepulchers, these tombs, they would whitewash them. And I guess it looked nice to them. White wall, look at that sepulcher of the dear saint so-and-so. Wow, nice. And Jesus said, that's a Pharisee. They look nice, huh? Inside is dead. It's corruption in there. And so for us, the way, that's the way of the Pharisees. It's stage life, as long as it looks good, as long as people think it's good, as long as people think it's honest, as long as people think it's real, that's all that matters. What's inside? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Jesus says, no, the inside matters, and let the outside show that, show, be an honest expression of that. Um, Jesus said in Matthew, full of, in Matthew 5, really the whole Sermon on the Mount, is dealing with what's happening in the heart. 
Listen to this. Listen to what Jesus said. He's, he talked about the heart. He's dealing with the, the inner workings of the man. He says, if you, he says, I know it says don't murder, but if you're hating somebody, you're murdering inside. I know it says don't commit adultery, and it's, that's true. Do not commit adultery. But if you're lusting inside, you're doing it in your heart. I know it says, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you, you, you know, uh, He's talking about calling somebody bad names and stuff like that. He says, watch out if you have that kind of attitude because that's an attitude of hate. So Jesus always deals with the inside first, and the outside grows to show that. So the way of the Pharisees is opposite. So i got to think, what do I emphasize in my life? Am I emphasizing only the outside, or am I emphasizing the inside and then the outside? And then last of all, I'll just mention this and we'll wrap it up. The Pharisees persecute good people. It's verses 29 to 33. I won't preach it. But they persecute good people. They praise the dead saints and they kill living saints. They praise the dead saints. And the dead saints were killed by some of their fathers. But they, they uh, want to kill living saints like Jesus. And they persecuted ultimately the greatest person, which is the Lord Jesus Christ in putting him up on a cross. So let's let me ask a few questions and we'll wind this down here. What does my way look like of my Christianity? Is my way looking like the Lord's way or the way of the Pharisees? What does my way look like? We want to look more like Jesus, the way of Jesus. Ask yourself, what am I becoming? What am I becoming? You ever had a planted a, a tree or a plant? And you're like, man, what happened to that thing? It's all, what does it become? Ask yourself, what am I becoming? Am I becoming more pharisaical or becoming more like the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus talked about those who exalt themselves will be abased. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. D.L. Moody said, it's possible to be too big for God, but not too little. D.L. Moody said, it's possible to be too big for God, but not too little. A lot of this stuff comes down to, do I have a good motive? Do I have a right motive for anything I'm doing for Jesus? What's my motive? What's my motive? I remember I, I told you this before, but it's just personal to me. It's kind of embarrassing to say it, but just how it is. God just convicted me one time of a, a simple thought that I had one time. I was like, this was before I came the past, became the pastor of the church, and I knew I was going to be the pastor. It was a few months beforehand. And I had a few of my kids here at the church, and they were getting a little bit just being bad. They'd been kind of acting bad. And uh, which is constantly a you know work in progress for our kids, keeping our kids in subjection and obedient, and uh, loving them, bringing them up right. But a few of them, a few of them were just acting a little bad and and fussing and fighting. And, and I and I just had I started getting this mentality of oh, I'm gonna be the pastor in a couple months. I'm gonna keep things in order. My life in order. I'm in order. You know, I was kind of had that mentality of you know. And so I was really more, more extra thoughtful on how, what's my family like, you know, and, um, and then, and so two of them were kind of, two or three of them were misbehaving, and I just took them in the back room when we had 
those different orientations back there. I took them in the back room. I said, listen. I said, and Johanna was one of them sitting in there. She wasn't really that bad. But she was her and probably Michael and Gideon. It was at least two of them. Probably, I think it was Gideon in there too. So uh, I was like, listen, you guys. Now I was being all serious. I'm like, listen, you guys need to behave. You need to behave yourself. And I was like, if you don't, guys, I'll just, this is how it was. So if you guys don't behave, I can't be the pastor of this church. And I said that. And when I said it, I was like, it was like the Holy Spirit said, you hypocrite. And it's because I'm like, is that my motive? I want my kids to behave so I can be a pastor of a church? How about getting them to behave because my name is Dad? That's what the Lord spoke to me about. I'm like, man, I cannot be like that, where I'm just trying to keep things staged and present it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know there's a higher standard expected of a pastor, and that's intimidating sometimes. But whether my name is pastor or dad, I still need to have the same motive. I want to have my kids behave right and not put all the pressure on them like that. To be like, you're responsible for me. That was not a good idea. That is to kill the Pharisee. The Pharisee wants to crop up. The hypocrite wants to crop up and grow in all of us. I know it did in me. And let's embrace the Lord's way, not the way of Pharisee. Let's bow together and give thanks. Close this service here in a few minutes.